0: Everybody, welcome back to the Go! Guardians podcast. I'm your host, Dan Tavares. And the New York Guardians come away with the victory here. 17-14 against the Los Angeles Wildcats. New York versus LA. The New York Guardians come out victorious. The new look, New York Guardians. And I'm sure like a lot of people watching this game, the very beginning of the game was a bit cut off due to some news broadcasts. So I'm not exactly sure how this game started out. But what I do know is that the New York Guardians had a new quarterback. And that's right, Luis Perez stepping in for the injured Matt McGloin. And as I referenced last week, I'm not sure how injured McGloin actually is. I mean, we know it's an, uh, a rib injury. It seemed like he was a bit hurt. But I also think there is something to the fact that they wanted to get McGloyne out of there. I think if this was a situation where McGloin was head and shoulders, the best quarterback on the team, there's a good chance he probably stills still plays and I think uh because of that they had Luis Perez come in and Perez is a pretty good job in this game but let's talk about Perez the man the human being Perez whose grandfather was a bullfighter Perez who has bowled 12 that's right 12 perfect games Perez the guy who didn't play quarterback in high school Perez, the guy who learned how to play quarterback by watching YouTube videos. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, he has learned how to play quarterback at a professional level the same way I learned how to podcast, the same way most people learn how to do things nowadays, watching YouTube tutorials. Really the best education in the world, YouTube tutorials. So there's snow coming down as the game starts. Um, the Guardians start off the scoring with a 51 yard field goal for McCrane. Really nice. So, McCrane was really good in this game, but this is the first score. Guardians get on the board quickly. Um, the thing about the Wildcats that's really interesting is you. Seeing Josh Johnson play the quarterback just brings back so many memories. And Norm Chow. Norm Chow calling plays. I had no idea these guys were still around. Um, yeah, so it's feeling good, three points on the board. And then the next possession, the Guardians' defense really does not hold very well. Uh, Josh Johnson is going down the field. Some really bad defense uh, by number forty-seven, the linebacker. It's one of those situations with the lineman linebacker on a wide receiver, it's just a mismatch. They go down the field, um, and then Josh Johnson throws a like a four-yard pass to uh, to his receiver, and then he is what like you cannot get more wide open than McBride was in this situation couldn't be more wide open at least I thought we'll wait till later in the game yeah so he hits McBride McBride for the touchdown Um, I must say I, I do like LA's like quadruple or triple stripe helmet they think they got going on they got this thick helmet that kind of becomes these little stripes it's really different and unique I'm actually kind of liking a lot of the uniforms in the XFL So the Guardians get the ball back. Jake Powell makes a nice catch. I really like Jake Powell. It seems like he has a lot of ability. He's big, he gets open, he makes the catches. They're moving down the field with him. Darius Victor's running really well, a guy who had a really nice game, a guy who they should have used more in this game. Again, we'll get to that. There was a bit of an ill-advised wildcat formation uh, with Marquise Williams, and I I think Warkees Williams, you know, he works as that change-out Wildcat guy. But I think in this situation, he really wanted Luis Perez to get the touches, to uh, get his reps in. They were moving the ball pretty pretty well, and when they get into the red zone, things like that can be a stopper. It ended up being that, uh, you know, they don't get the first down. Another field goal. Yeah, so let's uh, fast-forward a little bit. The Guardians end up scoring a touchdown on an awesome catch by Mikhail McKay where... Uh, Luis Perez was basically had a defender in his face. He's like falling over defenders on top of him. He's just flinging the ball out there. Those are really nice ball to McKay and they guardians score a touchdown. This the uh, second touchdown uh, that Luis Perez has in his guardians career. Now, I think it's some point after this uh, somewhere after Perez is moving the ball and such uh, going into halftime and they're showing McGloin in the box and it's this really imposing image of mcgloin where he's kind of foggy you can't see him really and he just looks so mad and he's like oh i want to be out there you're taking my job at least that's what i assumed he was thinking but it looked like that it looked like he was uh he was like seething like he had this rage which we know is the thing with mcgloin he seems like he's a pretty angry dude a lot not helping him so far but what is helping Luis Perez, is he never changes his underwear during games. Good luck. So you know, after this Guardians win, Luis Perez is wearing that same underwear the next time they play. That is for sure. So, we get into halftime. My favorite part of the XFL at this point is halftime because I love seeing all the reporters go in and talk to these coaches and listen in because this is stuff, first, you don't see it in the NFL. Second, it just it makes such interesting television because you it's either so scripted or fake or it's too real. <laughs> and part of that right now is when we have uh, Winston Moss, the head coach of Los Angeles, doing his halftime speech. And we all seen halftime speeches in movies where the coach is pumping up the crowd, right? And Winston Moss, if you see this guy in the silent, ooh, this guy's intense. This is an intense, intense dude. His, like, main form of communication is just intensity. So I'm like, all right, I cannot wait to see what this guy's going to say at halftime. And then, of course, they go in, and they're bringing the camera in and listen to him at halftime. And I think you hear four words because the rest is bleeped out. They bleep the entire conversation because it is all not safe for television. Which I'm not surprised at at all. In fact, I think it's really silly to mic up and show these coaches when you know what they're saying you can't even show on television. So about, I don't know, 30 seconds into the speech, I think ESPN, ABC, they figure, okay, this is a bad idea. And they switch over to the Guardians locker room. And they don't really show much talking in there. They, at the next commercial break, they show a little bit of Gilbride giving a speech. Which they should do. Maybe show it afterwards and not live. When you're showing it live there's so much potential for embarrassment, you know. And you know, but I'm here for it. I'm here for the embarrassment. So let's move on to the second half, shall we? Now here comes one of the points in the game that seemed like it was super pivotal and really it really ends up costing the guardians the game. And that is a past interference play, where Eskew Henry gets called for past interference, a pretty long one. And then the flag gets thrown out. And then he takes the flag and just throws it back at the official. That is not smart. That's going to give you another penalty on top of the penalty. So that's what happens. Really, really, really dumb penalty. Uh, But the Guardians ends up holding. Field goal try comes up. Tipped field goal. Special teams working in the Guardians' favor. Something that did not happen at all last week. Guardian special teams in this game. A plus grade. A-plus, great. And then the next time the uh, Wildcats get the ball, you have another penalty that really feels like, now this is going to change the game. It's a kind of borderline call. It's a really deep pass for a penalty. Uh, pass interference is called on the Guardians, and it was one of those ones where you're thinking, ah, oh, this, this could be really bad. And lo and behold, the very next play, a bomb of a touchdown, like a huge touchdown pass a 42-yard bomb down the middle to Blacknell. And it was one of those ones you saw developing, you know. You saw Blacknell getting the separation and the ball falling down. And you knew it was not going to end well for the Guardians. After this, it starts to seem that momentum is shifting in the Wildcats' favor. You can kind of feel it. Wildcats, again, like they start moving the ball down the field after they get it back. And it feels like, all right, this is it. It feels like this is the moment where the Guardians are going to lose again. But then the probably the biggest play in this game. The one that maybe changed the potential momentum. Cause I think if that LA scores here, it's over and it doesn't, it, uh, it ends. But Jamar Summers is a huge momentum changing interception where he kind of tips the ball up to get it away from the defender and it pops up high enough that he can grab it and keep going from the interception. Huge, huge play. Yeah. And then after that, you know, McCrane puts another field goal, puts him on top guy is automatic in this game. And I think from this point forward, The game had this real back-and-forth vibe where you really didn't know what was going to happen. It was really entertaining to watch. Probably overall this was the most entertaining moment yet in Guardians football where we have both teams going back and going forth. And we have a missed field goal by uh, the LA Wildcats, another one, a real duck of a kick. Not sure what was going on with there. Uh, And then there's some really curious play calling also at the end of this game here where Darius Victor, who has been running fantastically, I think at this point he's averaging almost five yards a carry, and they are just not giving him the football. I think at one point it was like 11 pass plays to four uh, in one part of the game, and I didn't know what would – this is a point where the Guardians have the lead. Um, I know it's not the NFL and the way the clock runs down, but running the football is still important. And they're they're not running the ball. Maybe they, there's too much time left on the clock. I don't know. But Victor was so effective in the game. And they would, have, they would basically give the ball to Victor. He would get a first down, and then they'd just go pass, pass, pass. And the defense was not having it. They were not letting up any pass plays. Yeah, so I don't know what was with that. It was actually something that's pretty frustrating. And even the announcers on air would just say, why are they throwing the ball here? What is going on? So very, very curious play calling there. I'm not, I do not understand why that was happening. Uh, then a little another part later in the game that I was a little curious about is that towards the end, where the Guardians are trying to wrap this thing up, there's a point where they could have kicked a field goal, but they decide to punt it. It ends up working out. I was I was not sure about it. I thought they should have went for the field goal, really give them put a, together a six point lead, forced them to get into the end zone. Uh, but they decide to punt it uh, and, and push them back, and it ends up working out okay. Obviously, um, <laughs> the last. So the last play of the game, I, is that like the most flags you've ever seen throw? <laughs> so in the last play, the Wildcats are trying to create that, you know, that Music City miracle, that Miami miracle of laterals and things you see on final plays of the game. One of my favorite things in sports is to watch the final play of an NFL game where they're just throwing everything everywhere. So many plays, illegal forward. But I don't know what they were doing. Maybe they thought it's cause, because of the XFL they could just do as many forward passes as they want. They were making these illegal forward passes like that was going to be a thing. Anyway, so, you know, wild final uh, play of the game, and they're just having some fun. The Guardians ends up taking the game 17-14, to and what was an entertaining game, Luis Perez, same underwear, same professional bowler, does it for the team. And I think that's that's definitely the big takeaway you could take here is that the team looked organized, in control, so different from last week where nothing seemed like it was in control. It seemed like no part of the team, the offense, the defense, the special teams, had any semblance of professionalism, really. I, mean, I think you saw it when uh, on the sideline when we have the coach talking to Mikhail McKay saying, you have to be a leader here. Because it was obvious that their quarterback wasn't a leader. And Perez showed that leadership entirely in the game. You saw when he was mic'd up, how he was speaking to all his players. You talked to, saw his teammates talking about how he led the locker room and he led the huddle. And I think it was a very obviously, very thinly veiled shots at McGloin. And how he just was not a leader for this football team a guy who refused to take any responsibility for anything bad that happened, saying everything was entirely off of the game plan. Well, what happened? Did they completely change the game plan? Or is Perez a better fit for the offense? I think it might be the latter. I don't think this game plan has changed so much. I just think Perez is executing on what was out there. And he made some good throws. You know, he ended up, I think, with like a 50% completion percentage. But, you know, there was a lot going on. I think in the middle of all this, something I forgot to mention when we talk about wide open, Mikhail McKay dropped what may have been the most wide open pass I've ever seen. It was so wide open. And the ball's coming to him. And it's like, I think it was one of those situations where he thinks, well, I'm so wide open. I'm just going to get a touchdown. And then he's thinking about running and getting a touchdown before he's thinking about making the catch. And it seemed like at the time it happened, maybe that would have some big consequences. It didn't. It was fine. But, yeah, that was something to bring up there. But it was a good win, you know. It was a good win in the fact that it made the team seem like it had a semblance of continuity. Like a team that seemed together, where it seemed like the offense, the defense, and the special teams, all three aspects of the, te- of the, of the team and of the game of football were working in unison, which was so different from last week. And it was really nice to see. It makes Gilbride look much better this week. And was it his quarterback? Was it his players? Was it the leadership on the team? Well, we don't know. All I know is there's no way McGloin is starting, healthy or not, next week. This team is certainly Perez's, and this job is Perez's to lose from now on, which is nice. It's nice to see after the negativity that was surrounding McGloin, which I never expected to see. I really thought he was going to bring some professionalism and some NFL experience to the team at least coming in, when I looked at the quarterbacks that were in this league. I really thought I was going to see that, but it did not happen at all. And, hey, you know, new opportunities for some young players to step up, and that's exactly what Perez did. And that's what the team as a whole did. Uh, Darius Victor continues to show he's got this slashing, fun, like hammer-hitting-a-nail running style. It's really, he's an exciting running back to watch. He's a big guy. I think we talked about this before. This guy's got big arms. Big, strong guy. Real big, real strong, real fun to watch. And that's about it for the Guardians this week. Solid win. Not much else to talk about. Team looked good. Uh, but we still want to hear your opinions, your thoughts on the team. What did you think about Mr. Perez's start? Do you Would you want to watch Perez bowl? Do we need to see some side content coming out of the Guardians? Cause I don't know about you, I want to watch these games. They showed a little clip of Perez, like, bowling backwards. And he hit, a, like, a split. I don't know what kind of split it was. My, I know it wasn't a seven-head split. It was a type of split. But he hit a split backwards, like, under his legs. It's pretty good. I'd like to see more of Perez's bowling. Maybe they can show some more clips of that. I quite enjoyed that. Maybe they can document the underwear that Perez is wearing. For the game, I'm gonna assume it's the same one next week that he wore for this game. I'd like to see that. I'd like to hear about the bullfighter grandfather. I want to see some clips of bullfighting. Um, you know, maybe Perez will bullfight in the off season. I'd like to see that as well. Yeah. Uh. So send me your emails on whatever you want. It is goguardianspodcast at gmail dot com. That is where we're located. That is our email address. I want to hear from you people. Come on. I want to hear. Send them in. I really would enjoy reading that. I really enjoy answering any questions, any thoughts. Again, about the Guardians, anything, your life, your love life. I'm interested in that. Let me know. Yeah, so week four, the Guardians win. 2-2 record. We'll see you next week.